Good morning. Welcome. Uh, we're on WPEO. We're on In the Neighborhood on uh, Facebook. We're on Peoria Life on Facebook. We're on Peoria Area Church on Facebook. Boy, a lot of different places. Um, introduce our guest for us today. We've got the Holt ladies here, Tim. You should awesome. be really excited. <laughs> we all have something to do with the Holt. Both of their last yes. names are Holt. Yep. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. I have Becca and it's Mathis. Yes. And Kayla Thompson, both with the Holt Center for Healthy Living. Yeah. Thanks for being here, ladies. Yeah, Thanks for having for us. us. So um, we'll just start with each one of you and you can tell us um, who you are, what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Becca Mathis, I'm a health education specialist at the Holt Center. And actually why I'm here today is I wanted to talk a little bit about the youth mental health first aid training that Holt is going to be hosting next week. So it's Thursday, July 27th from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Kayla's going to be talking a little bit about Whitney's Walk. Yes. So... Do you want to talk? Sure. About yeah. So I'm <laughs> Kayla Thompson and I am the uh, Whitney's Lot coordinator and marketing and special events coordinator at the Holt Center. And we do have Whitney's Lot coming up here soon. Um, it's always the last Saturday in July out at Jubilee College State Park. Um, we've got a great event coming up here and just really hoping to get a good following out there. It's such a great supportive community uh, that comes out every year for it. So we're just really excited for this year's event. What is Whitney's Walk? So Whitney's Walk um, is an annual 5K walk and run um, out at Jubilee College State Park, and it's um, it funds our suicide prevention programs at the Holt Center, so it raises money uh, for our educators to go into schools to do suicide prevention programming. Um, we also have uh, adult programs that we offer for suicide prevention as well. Um, but it's really just a beautiful morning to go out, honor loved ones that have been lost by suicide, um, and really to inspire hope for in the future for suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. It's a nice way for people to be able to come together, and they have that unfortunate common um, right. thing amongst each other, but to know that you're not alone, too, in regards to what that looks like. Exactly, yeah. It's it's always um, a bittersweet morning because mm-hmm. it's great to see people come out and support the cause and know that talking about it and getting the education out there, getting the sign, warning signs um, of depression or suicide out there, um, but it's always really sad to see new teams, new families out there because you know they have a reason to be out there, unfortunately. Um, but just glad that they come out and support and they get to talk to other people that have that commonality and um it's really healing for them so yeah have you ever been to nope i have not you're gonna have to come i'm gonna hold you to it next saturday (laughs) (laughs) it's a sea of green it is kids and dogs alike they're all there kids (laughs) dogs strollers it's it's a great morning i don't know is there even any other runs or walks out there it's not that I know of. It's pretty yeah. cool that it's kind of one of a kind because mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with the other locations, but Jubilee Park is so beautiful right. and it's all shut off and it's just, it's very peaceful out there, surrounded by trees. You're not worried about being hit by a car. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we block the entrance so no cars can get in. Um, but yeah, the the folks out there at Jubilee College State Park, they're great. They're very supportive of this cause. So every year they do a lot for us to get the park ready 
and um, the shelter area is always so nice for us to use. So um, it's just a great place. It makes for beautiful scenery, beautiful pictures, and people really enjoy just that it's away from the hustle and bustle of the city and, and just relax and focus on the healing part of it. What number is this, Kayla? This is the 14th okay. annual. Wow. Yeah. Yep. It's been Great. going a long time, which is pretty amazing. Actually, um, our honorary chairman this year is Chuck Roper, and um, they've had a team in Whitney's Walk, uh, the we, we Walk for Wendy team, since 2011, I believe. Um, he lost his daughter. Um, she died by suicide. And he did a lot of work with the um, American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, mm-hmm. and that's, of course, a national national um, program, national organization that does these um, suicide walks all over the country. And he said that we should be so proud as an independent, um, just a local organization doing this suicide prevention walk and run um, because our participation numbers and the amount that we raise every year would easily be in like the top five of these national walks that they have. So that's a big deal for the Peoria area and the fact that our committee is so dedicated and they are able to put this together every year, 14 years in a row and running. So it's pretty Very neat. Cool. It's a lot of volunteers, too, that come together. Yeah, absolutely. Kudos to the committee and all of the community support, too. I think that's something that I'm continually surprised by yeah. is that our community is growing more and more open with talking about mental health, especially when it comes to suicide and suicide prevention. Yeah. So it is a really neat event. Just yeah. kind of see everybody come together and know that we're all willing to have kind of the same conversation. Exactly. Yeah. So, Becca, tell us more about what you do. Absolutely. So, this training is happening two days before Whitney's Walk uh, next week on Thursday, as I mentioned. And the training is really meant to be for community members. I think a lot of times when people hear mental health, your first thought is, oh, I don't know enough about that. But this training is designed in a way that it's meant to give you the tools to really empower everyday people in the community to feel like they can be the ones that make a difference. So the training is meant to be similar to the same concept as uh, medical first aid. So just as learning CPR and those tools would help somebody assist someone who is having a heart attack, youth mental health first aid is meant to give you the tools to help youth who may be experiencing a mental health crisis. So the way that's done is really by utilizing kind of this action plan that walks you through the steps of how to identify what's happening, Mm -hmm. understand what's going on, and then be able to respond in that situation. And it's not at all making people think that they have to diagnose an issue or be the one that ultimately solves the problem, but just being able to say, you know what, I see something that's happening and I know that I can start a conversation. Or I see somebody who is experiencing a panic attack. I can identify that, and I know some things that I can do to help that person. So it's a really unique and very hands-on training because there's a lot of opportunity to practice in real time what you would do or what you would say with the focus being on youth. There are other adult mental health first aid trainings that exist, but the one that Holt is doing, the one that I'm leading next week, is for youth specific because we also know that youth mental health problems look a little bit different Mm -hmm. than they do with adults. So very interesting training, and mental health is um, a very strong passion of mine. Uh, Kayla mentioned that a lot of the Whitney's Walk funding goes to the youth education and outreach programs, which I'm also an educator for here in our kind of community, too. 
So who would be a good candidate to take that training program? That is a wonderful question. I actually had somebody call and ask the Holt Center, do you have to have any prerequisites or something to start this training? And I said, no, you do not. If you're somebody who cares and wants to make a difference, you are the perfect person to sign up. So I like to say that it's an open community training um, that anybody can sign up. The focus is on youth or adolescents. So if you're somebody that works with youth or that has um, a particular passion for youth mental health, then it, you might be a, a good candidate for that. But the training is also focused on if you're a parent, what's that perspective? If you're a youth pastor, if you're a teacher, if you're a foster parent. Uh, so lots of different perspectives that can go into this. And when is this class taking place? It's Thursday, and it's July 27th from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Oh, all day. It is all day. It's an eight-hour training, but it is evidence-based. So that's kind of why it's so rigorous. And the cost of the training is $45 per person, but that includes a lunch provided by the Holt Center and also a student manual. So the participant manual that everybody gets includes more in-depth information about the different mental health problems we're addressing and then the specific action plan steps for those mental health issues. So a lot of the training is meant to be how do you use that action plan, how you use those tools, but what you take home with you too is a really good resource. Mm -hmm. So how's your sign up right now? Pretty good, it's going pretty well. We have about, I'd say between 12 and 10 more spots available. The training really accommodates up to 30 people because okay. it's meant to be more of kind of an intimate setting so people feel like they can open up. And since there is so much hands-on in the moment practice of these skills, we work in a lot of groups and things like that. So we ha still have some space available. And if you're interested or anyone's interested in registering, they can call the Holt Center, 309-692-6650, and just ask to speak with me, Becca Mathis. I'd be happy to get anybody registered. Do the, is there a deadline to get registered? The deadline is up until the day before. <laughs> okay. I'm happy to take people up until the day before, as long as there's space available. So. Yeah, I like when you said youth pastors. I mean, I... I don't know where all you get this type of education, so I think it's awesome that you're doing that and, and educating people and that people are going to hopefully take advantage. Yeah, because $45 so. is nothing to, you never know what kind of impact yeah. you can have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and Becca mentioned um, that this is great for parents, too. And I know that's something that we've been trying to provide more of this year mm -hmm. is just resources for parents. And mm -hmm. how do you talk to your kids about um, this type of issue? And um, earlier this year, we did a 13 Reasons Why discussion, kind of equipping okay. parents with how to talk to their children and educators as well, how to talk to students about um, this um, show because it's brought up a lot of controversial things. You know, it's good that um, this show has brought it to light and gotten national attention and people are talking about it. Um, but there are just some triggers shown in that show, you know, mm -hmm. some things that um, not necessarily the best for someone to watch that, who has been struggling. Um, but that's just something that we tried to provide at the whole center is, uh, just some resources for parents and educators. And, um, that's one thing I get asked, um, with Whitney's walk a lot is why is it important for, uh, us to get the word out and are we reducing the stigma and it's just so important to talk to kids about it because they're under so much pressure these days between school and relationships and um, just everything going on in their life that they have a lot of stress on them and so um, talking to them about it letting them know it's okay to seek help it's okay to talk 
to a trusted adult if you're having issues um, and to get the help they need so that they don't feel like um, suicide is their only way out. Mm -hmm. Um, Likewise, it's just as hard for adults to bring up the issue. So Mm -hmm. giving them these um, resources and tools on how to bring the issue up with their children is really important. Yeah. And that's something that I really very much stress about the training is that we practice different scenarios of, okay, how do you first approach? You think something's happening, you're not quite sure, Mm -hmm. and you have kind of that gut feeling that everybody gets like, oh, I think maybe I should say something. Well, how do you first approach? And then when you do approach, what are some things that you can say? And the tools that are given, uh, for example, is how do you assess the risk factor. So how do you assess whether or not this person might be considering hurting themselves or harming themselves? How do you listen non-judgmentally? So how do you have an open mind? Because for some people that may be their own child, for some people it may be a student they have in their class. Mm -hmm. How do you give reassurance without giving advice? A lot of times uh, when it comes to youth, I think the first approach we want to take is Um, trying to give advice or tell you how to fix it or be the one that solves the problem when we might not entirely understand what's going on. So giving reassurance, let them know, you know, it it can get better and I am here to listen and I'm here to help. And then just from then on being somebody that offers support. So are there self-help strategies or does this person need more professional help and being able to identify kind of your capacity from that point forward. So really unique tools for starting the conversation that I think everybody wants to feel like they can help. And this is something that can really empower you to say, okay, it's, it's easier than I thought it was. I can be the person that really makes a difference. Very cool. Guys like to fix things. So if you have a problem, we want to fix we'll it. Fix and sometimes it. Exactly. my wife tells me, I just want you to listen. And yep. sometimes that helps. <laughs> right. So how can we prevent suicide? I know it's a loaded question and we kind of hit on some of that, but mm-hmm. how can yeah. we help? Just um, talking about it, bringing the issue up, um, really helps reduce that stigma. Um, That's what our goal is, is to reduce the stigma, to bring those walls down, to talk about it, to get kids, adults, um, everyone in between the help that they need. So whether that's medicine, whether that's counseling, Sometimes it's a 911 call. Sometimes it's immediate, and we need to get them help right away. Um, so that's that's our goals in reducing the um, suicides here in Peoria and the local area. Yeah, I think the more that you're not afraid to talk about it, the more that we're willing to be honest and open about mental health. You know, we we so often consider mental health not as high of a priority, I think, right. in our culture as we do physical health. And even in the training, we kind of parallel some of those similarities to if you see somebody that's physically injured, a lot of people may jump to help or Mm -hmm. they have some sort of training like CPR or some sort of first aid where they feel like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to identify this. But when it's mental health, I think as a culture, we haven't really done a whole lot to say, let's empower each other to figure out what to say or be able to find that person approachable and at least Mm -hmm. offer them comfort or support in that moment that you know, when somebody's trained in CPR, they're not supposed to be considered the doctor. They're not going right. to diagnose. They're not going to, you know, administer anything in that moment. And that's not what we expect of people from mental health either. But I think if we start getting more comfortable talking about it and really saying, yeah, we want to make a difference. We want to do something different. Then I think we can get some momentum going. 
Yeah, it was interesting. I don't know if you guys saw on Facebook, there was um, a deal going around that went viral. Um, a lady had emailed her boss and said, I need to take yeah. the day off um, this next week because of um, just mental health. I need to get myself refreshed and I'll be back next week. And his response was, we need more of this. Please take the time and come back ready, you know. So um, that went viral because what a great response from a CEO setting the stage for the rest of his employees. Mm -hmm. So we need more responses like that, um, not sweeping it under the rug, not shaming people because they need a mental health day or um, they need a refresher. And um, I just thought that was great. And it was interesting. Um, some other people that do mental health talks said, why is it okay on Facebook um, for you to say, I can't go to work today because um, my back is hurting? And everyone accepts that. Oh, I hope you get better, you know. But if you say, I can't go to work today because I'm so depressed I can't get out of bed you're not going to have responses and mm -hmm. it's, it's not the same type of thing. So mm -hmm. just, um, opening yourself up to understand that that person has a problem and that it's okay and that they need help and need to seek help and helping those people instead of shaming or, um, you know, just sweeping it under the rug, um, is something that we need to work on in our society. But I think we're getting there with, um, reducing the stigma and talking about it more. So what do you do with, with posts of depression? Because, I, I mean, I do see that uh, in my Facebook feed of people saying how depressed they are or, you know, whatever that kind of mm -hmm. announcement is. I actually just had uh, a gentleman who said that he basically said goodbye on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately, I didn't call him, I texted him because I was concerned. But, I mean, those are out there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what do you do? I don't even know what to do. And sometimes I have other women that I know that are just saying, you know, I'm so depressed. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing you already know what to do is recognize the sign. So give yourself a little props there. <laughs> I think people, um, they underestimate themselves that they immediately say, I'm not sure what to do. But if you're already recognizing that somebody is in distress or showing signs mm -hmm. of suicide or hurting themselves or maybe just signs of a mental health crisis, that's the biggest thing is being able to say, I see that but then telling that person that you see it. So reaching out through a text, or if it does seem something that's more urgent, maybe they seem like they're saying goodbye, or it really seems like what they're saying is alluding to thinking about killing themselves, um, a phone call. Or um, I know on a lot of different apps, actually, including Facebook, that you can flag certain posts and things as being harmful to oneself. So then actually there is a whole group of people that work for these different apps that can reach out to that individual. They really? Provide, mm -hmm, they provide crisis that. support lines and different services, things like that. Um, I know that's a question I get a lot of times in the classroom, especially from youth. Mm -hmm. They say, you know, I, I saw my friend post something and I wasn't really sure about it. Um, you can always flag that. But I say to the youth, find an adult that you trust, that you can tell, and then let that adult take it over. And I think the adult responsibility then is trying to contact that person or trying to make contact because that's really what that person needs is somebody to stick out a hand and say, hey, I saw this. I see you. What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. I think that that seems like it's a very big step, but I think the more comfortable we get with just reaching out, just making a phone call, sending that text message, it's going to get a little bit easier over time. So really it's 
you're saying, then it is really just as simple as recognizing that person. As, recognizing as I, that person. I see you. So obviously they're alone. They feel isolated. Probably a, a billion different emotions going through their head. And just to say... I see you. I see you, yep. And a lot of the training that I'm doing next week on Thursday is that's the first step, is acknowledging and then approaching that person. And then you begin to assess. You ask questions saying, you know, what I hear you saying, or I noticed that, or I saw that you posted this, calling it out for what it is, and then asking some, some questions. Have you felt this way before? Mm -hmm. Or how are you feeling right now? And really, if it's serious enough, a part of the training is helping people be able to get the words out, saying, are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about hurting yourself? Because I think people really worry about what that's going to sound like, and I think people are afraid of what the answer might be. But like I said, the more that we practice and the more that we really convince ourselves we can ask, mm -hmm. then we're going to get a little bit better at it. Because that person might be waiting for someone to ask, and it's very likely that they've been waiting for somebody to just say they noticed or say they saw and have somebody ask that question. And they might not open up right away, but the fact that you stuck your hand out and said, I'm here, can make a world of a difference. So, so what about the other side? Somebody mm -hmm. that's going through that depression, mm -hmm. that, those thoughts, what kind of help is there? There's all kinds of help out there. There's all different kinds of support lines and crisis lines that people can contact. Um, for some people, like Kayla mentioned, it might be medication. For other people, that might not be what they're interested in. It might be support groups. Um, there's always professional help from psychologists and psychiatrists. And a lot of people um, find taking a hold of their own healthy lifestyle is very empowering as well. It's going to be different depending on who that person is, really. And a part of the training next week, whether it's adult or youth, is that offering kind of encouragement of professional help or self-help. I think also with our culture, we always think that there's going to be a quick fix to something. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to your mental health, that's something that's ongoing. Just like your physical wellness isn't a, okay, I checked the box and I'm good for life. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to maintain that over time. So really helping people to find what is that thing that makes you feel good? What is that thing that keeps you going, that you feel connected to other people, that you gain positive experience from? Those are your self-help strategies. Mm -hmm. What's helped you in the past? What's helped you get through that low in the past so really trying to find those things that work for individuals and not assuming everybody's going to have the same sort of cookie cutter right. fix yeah and just don't keep that same dialogue going in your head tell mm -hmm. somebody and talk to somebody yep. is probably right. one of the yep, biggest like things yeah. i think we all deal with mental health at, at different times in our Absolutely. lives a little sure. depression or something like that so the other is to understand that you're not alone right Sure. Yeah. And to just have the education, recognize the signs of um, when it's crossed the line to where you need to seek help. Because like you mentioned, there are points in our lives where um, we feel great or we feel depressed or happy. And I think depression is one of those terms that gets overused, you know, to like, oh, I was late to work, so I'm depressed today, you know, or just something like that. Um, but knowing when um, the depression starts taking over your life, causing problems, interrupting your everyday mm -hmm. activity levels and things like that, your routine, um, then that's when you need to start um, looking for help. So, yeah. so it, do we have an 800 number that someone could call or share? Yeah, at 1-800-273-TALK, so T-L-A-K. You can call it, you can text it, um, you can even get online if you 
type that same number in, then there's um, crisis messaging that you can do through the internet as well. So what's that number resources. again? It's one eight hundred two seven three talk. T A L. Awesome. And Becca, you're going out to the schools too, right? Yes, to talk to the kiddos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're gearing up for it right now. Our school year is <laughs> about to start up. I'm pretty excited. What's your favorite part about that? Oh gosh, so much of it. Um, Kayla actually was reminding me of an exercise we do with our high schoolers where we talk about um, mental wellness and the spectrum of wellness. And so I think my favorite part is being able to start the conversations with youth, but then seeing how much they want to talk about it, but then also sometimes how much they don't want to talk about it. Because it kind of it's a kind of two-sided issue is that there's room in their space that you know there's experience that a lot of youth have already had or maybe currently struggling with. And some people tap into that and want to talk about it. And some people you can tell do not want to at all. So I think what's reinforcing for me, my favorite part is just recognizing every time I go into a room, there's a need. I never doubt in my mind that there wasn't a student that was impacted. And for a lot of our programs, we try and get client feedback, which is essentially students telling us mm -hmm. how we're doing or what the program did for them. And there isn't a school that we don't go to that there is at least one student who says something positive or says something that, you know, I'm glad you came or I learned something new or I never knew I could text or I didn't know that this existed. So just really knowing that we're putting little pieces of information out there, especially when people are younger and they don't have to go most of their life maybe not yet with an issue or currently confronting an issue thinking that there's not help out there. Sure. So it's pretty cool. And what age groups do you work with? For our youth mental health programs, it's anywhere from sixth grade to high schoolers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're going to all the different schools? We do. So um, the particular program that the Holt Center does goes into all of the Peoria public schools. So very neat. We also do outreach education. So uh, Kayla mentioned SOS, Signs of Suicide. Mm -hmm. That is a program that is intended for middle school and high school, and we do outreach in the central Illinois area with that program as well, which we are able to do that because of Whitney's Walk. So that's, that's awesome. Really neat. One of the activities I wanted to touch on and jump in here if I'm getting anything wrong, um, but one of the activities that I think is so neat that they do um, in the schools is they have – the kids write down things that they're looking forward to or milestones um, in their life and then they take that paper and rip it in half and say okay look at everything that you'd be missing if you did decide to take your life by suicide um, and I think that's a really big eye-opener because a lot of kids um, just from what I've gathered with talking to mental health professionals and stuff, they don't understand, they don't make the correlation on how permanent suicide is. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, um, one of our counselors was talking to a kid that said, um, well, I, I feel like I'm going to commit suicide this weekend. Or, and she said, okay, well, what are you going to be doing next week? And he said, well, Sunday I've got to return my tux or something like that. And she said, well, you aren't going to be here to do that if you would end your life by suicide. And he goes, oh, yeah. That's right. So it's just their brains aren't fully developed right. yet to where they can realize that this is permanent. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Mm -hmm. So um, I just love that activity that they have them do. And 
it's just such a beneficial program for them to kind of realize that hey this is this is permanent so and it affects more than just you it affects your family it affects society in general so mm-hmm. when somebody's in that depressed it's like hitting your thumb when you're pounding a nail you mm-hmm. you focus on that one thing and you lose sight of the future and right i could definitely see that right yeah. right and that's actually part of the activity and kayla you're right they write down those different uh, things they're looking forward to and then they kind of put them on a timeline and then what you're referencing of that kind of tunnel vision or you can't see past that that temporary thing that's happening we take a gray card and we kind of put it in front of that person essentially saying you can't see past anything else you can't see those things that might be happening because you are stuck in this moment. But yeah, it is, it's a very unique thing when it comes to youth is because there's that whole aspect of this impermanence of decisions and a misunderstanding of immediate consequence and more likely to be risk-taking just because the nature of being an adolescent. So it poses a somewhat higher risk sometimes when we're talking about these types of things. And being able to bring those conversations up in a classroom and have students say, oh, yeah, okay, that makes a little bit of a difference when we say it out loud. We've got two minutes left. Is there anything you want to cover in those two minutes? Um, I'll just give a shout out for Whitney's Walk again. We'd love to have everybody join us out there at Jubilee State Park. Um, It's July 29th, next Saturday. Um, We have a 5K run that starts at 7.55 and the 5K walk starts at 8. Um, The line does get really long to go into the park, so we always encourage people to come out early. Um, But it's just a beautiful morning and um, unfortunately a lot of people have been touched by suicide and um, we'd love to see them out there but even if you haven't been touched by suicide it's such an important cause to support so come on out and support Whitney's Walk. And you can register the day of right? That's you right. Can. So you can you make can that last minute decision right. to get up early and come yeah. out and enjoy the beautiful right. morning. Yes. And I'll make one more plug for the Youth Mental Health First Aid training. It's That's two right. days before Whitney's Walk so it's Thursday July 27th from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's a full eight-hour training but that includes getting a participant manual, your lunch is included, so the cost is $45 per person, and anyone can register by contacting the Holt Center. It's 309-692-6650, or they could email me, bmathis at holthealthy.org, so B-M-A-T-H-I-S. Awesome. We're here with Becca and Kayla of Holt Center for Healthy Living. Good I job. got the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, make sure you follow us on uh, Facebook on either Peoria Life or In the Neighborhood. And you can see us on WPEO Saturday mornings at 6.30 and GPS TV on Friday nights. So uh, we'll see you in the funny papers. Thank you, ladies. Thank Thank you you very much. Thanks. Peorialife.com.